That movie sucked. I kind of liked it. Movie Night Crew Network. Ugh, just about summed up the blast-ended scroots in Harry's opinion. They looked like deformed, shellless lobsters, horribly pale and slimy-looking, with legs sticking out in very odd places and no visible heads. There were about a hundred of them in each crate, each about six inches long, crawling over one another, bumping blindly into the sides of the boxes. They were giving off a very powerful smell of rotting fish. Every now and then, sparks would fly out of the end of a scroot, and with a small foot, it would be propelled forward several inches. What's up, potheads? Welcome to the Restricted Section, a show in which a bunch of nerds with potty mouths reread the Harry Potter series for the umpteenth time and discuss the way that the story and its themes have stayed with a generation into adulthood. Thanks for listening. If you haven't done the reading, don't worry, we did it for you. Here's what we're talking about this week. Chapter 13, Mad Eye Moody. This chapter takes us through the first day of term, which is pretty par for the course, except for the bit where their new teacher, Professor Alistair Moody, turns Malfoy into a ferret as punishment. Welcome to the restricted section where we do use transfiguration as punishment, but only for bullies. I am enchanted to be joined today by my fastidious friend, Grace. Say hello to the listeners, Grace. Hello, listeners. Is it fastidious or like fastidious? Oh, wow. I've always heard fastidious, but that's fine. I like fastidious. It's like like when you say immediately. (laughs) Yes. Immediately. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I'm super excited because our special guest this week is Ethan Edgehill, co-host of Bacon and Eggs. Say hello to the listeners, Ethan. Hello, listeners. I'm waving because I've been doing podcasts (laughs) for five years and can't remember how audio works. Great to be back. You can hear the wave in your voice. I I try to, like, that's my whole goal in life is to, you know how they say you can hear a smile through the phone? I try to hear a wave through the phone. I try to Mm, project. That's like next level. It's next level. It's like smizing, but... Audio. Were were you a Hufflepuff? Is that am I remembering that correctly? Super no. Super no. Super no. That's the okay, only I'm one I've never gotten. Actually, really? Yeah. What are what? Remind us what house you are. I most recent time I took it, I was a Gryffindor. Um, okay. But I traditionally identify as a Ravenclaw. Okay. Gotcha. Um. Yeah. Maybe yeah. I should have check, uh, reminded myself of that before oh, we no, started totally recording. Fine. Yeah, I'm like a Ravenclaw, like Gryffindor rising, whatever. That's very powerful. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But um, trying to convey a wave in your smile is a very Hufflepuff thing to do, just saying. Or, or in your voice. I, I do confused. my best to be all of the houses all the time. Mm, I think that's good. Well-rounded. Divergent. Exactly. Divergent. Yeah, I know how much you love that series. <laughs> <laughs> Remember like five minutes before uh, when I was like, I'm glad Hunger Games series holds up because every single other dystopia that came after it did not hold I up. could hear the Divergent slander in your tone. <laughs> She didn't have to say it directly. It was there. Also, Grace, it's great yeah. to see you. I, it's great to be on a podcast together. Listeners, oh Grace and I went to high school and middle school together, mm-hmm. and we have not spoken in 10 years. Wow. Missed you, bud. Missed you, too. It's been, <laughs> it was just one of those things where, like, when, when Mary Clay was like, yeah, Grace Balls is a podcast. I was like, Grace Ball, what a person. 
Oh, my God. Yeah, that's the wildest part of this is that Mary Clay was the one to connect you guys. Um, yeah. Yeah. Who, as a reminder, Grace and I know her because she interned for us. That's so wild. <laughs> it is. It's insane. Yeah, she was a very, very enthusiastic intern. We tangentially met Mary Clay in college, Tyler and I. So, yeah. Oh, yes. Um, yeah, it was a good time. Old, old K-Spring High School, class of 2011. We're oh, supposed yeah. to have our 10-year our reunion this year, but we're having an 11-year reunion instead. That Aww. is true. Yeah. That's true. I'm not old. But I, I had my 10-year reunion right before COVID, and it was extremely fun. Although I do not recommend taking your introverted spouses. <laughs> uh, but I had a friend who also brought her introverted spouse. So um, Sh- Sean and Maggie were just sneaking off to eat pizza and stuff. There you go. But that <laughs> does remind do? me, Ethan, congratulations are in order. You are Thank engaged you. Oh, yeah. to be I married. In- I got engaged since last time <laughs> I was on this podcast. Ew, um, why does engaged sound disgusting? <laughs> I don't know. I don't like it. It's so yeah. delightful. <laughs> It's a good time. Uh, I've been dating the same Congrats. girl for almost six years. And so awesome. we're uh, getting hitched. Hell yeah. Let um, me tell you, as someone who got married last year, this marriage is going to change absolutely nothing. And it's going to be exactly as awesome as it's always been. <laughs> I believe it. Yeah. No, she's she's great. Um, we're getting a dog together next month. <gasps> ah! Oh, yeah. my God. We, uh, we, have, we have purchased a corgi. Uh, oh, my God. Tentatively named Pickles. Oh my god! Oh, shut the fuck up. You want to see a picture? He's the cute yes. bean. Um, all the pictures, all the time. That's extremely exciting. Pickles is a great name for a corgi. Look at this. Oh shoot, I've got a bunch of glare here. But look at this. No, I can man. see. That's a baby. God. That's yeah. a baby. He is. Uh, he is seventeen, eighteen days old in that picture. <gasps> That's a. Baby. This was the. I'm this, picture. this is the picture <laughs> that we picked him off of. Like gay pig looking ass. Oh my god! I wish I, I wish them. that so. everyone could see these photographs. Just Google um, black and white corgi puppy. I'll, s- and I'll send them to up. you, and you can put them in the description because he's the most cutest Ooh, guy. Thank you so much. It's very important. Oh. Yes, yeah, so that's that's what's happened in Ethan's life oh since the last gosh. time I was on the restricted section. Y'all took a yeah. summer break. You did some shit. Damn. Extreme yeah. congrats. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. My my husband, when we were dating, always told me that when we got married, we could get a dog, but we accidentally got two more cats instead. So you dogs so many not cats. on the horizon. How many cats do you have? Four. It Four was an accident. Cat? Oh, my God. It was an accident. They were fosters that just it happens. won't yeah, leave. It happens. No mm-hmm. one needs, to, like, there's plenty of cats getting adopted over the summer, every year. There's no way to, like, foist a cat off on someone. Yeah, for real. So tried. I guess these are tried. our cats now, because now the one is soul-bonded with my husband, the other one's soul-bonded with my grumpy man-cat, so. Yeah, the our DM on Late to the Party just recently acquired a fifth cat. Okay. Five is a lot. Yeah, they have, yeah. They have three humans and, and five cats living in that house. See, the trick is that you can't let yourself get outnumbered like that because mm-hmm. then then they're just coming from every direction. Hey, Christina, are you outnumbered, though? <laughs> yes. You are. Okay. I thought you were saying yes. the trick as in, like, what you found in your life. And it's no, like, that's well. where I went wrong. Oh, I see. <laughs> yeah, I think that was, like, battle advice, like, hard, uh, hard one <laughs> wisdom from the Don't field. make the same mistakes I Don't made, make kid. <laughs> Listen, kid. The trick is you can never have more cats than people in the house. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. So, yeah, we're talking today about Chapter 13 of Goblet of Fire, Mad-Eye Moody, in which we 
get to hang out a little bit with Mad-Eye Moody. It's like the start of the term. And um, the mail comes in. There's nothing from Sirius. They go to like their first herbology class where they're collecting... Boobo tuber pus. Boobo tuber pus. I think when I was a kid, I used to read this really quickly and be like butterbeer pus. Butterbeer <laughs> so I was like pus. not really worry about it. It just reminded me of the word YouTuber. And I was like, I don't oh, know. About oh, my that. God. Like, that's like in a dystopian novel, their version of YouTube would be like boobo tube. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Ugh. That's that's worse than engaged. <laughs> or like um maybe like a porn site that's just like boob tube. <laughs> I'm sure that exists. I'm going to trademark that. <laughs> Once you add pus to that, that's... Oh, you get, okay. It's, right. It gets grim real quick. Okay, well, yeah, they're going to have great. to do without the pus. No one... Here's the thing. No one wants to read or hear about pus of any, any sort, kind. including boobo tuber. And my favorite line from this is when Seamus is like, what, pus? And <laughs> Sprout is like, pus, spinning in pus. Yes, pus <laughs> There's a lot of gross shit that happens in this this, this chapter. Because uh, this is where we also meet the blasted scroots. Yeah. And I have instructions to myself to read the selection. Um, does anyone have, like, oh, no, I think I read it. Wait, give me a freaking second. Oh, I don't remember if I read it in our intro, but um, maybe I did shit. <laughs> okay. They looked like deformed, shellless lobsters, horribly pale and slimy looking with legs sticking out in very odd places and no visible heads. When I was a kid... I never quite grasped hold of the, like, fact that they grow up to be, like, gray. I always imagined them, like, cooked shrimp color. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Like 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 a soft, pinky orange. That is what the illustration depicts. Is it? Yes. Yeah. Okay. yeah um, it's, in this section, it just says pale. I think they grow, like, plate yeah, uh, they grow, like, exoskeleton. <laughs> yeah, and they turn, like, gray, I believe. But yeah. But I've just always okay. conveniently ignored that. I've I've just always thought of them as big giant fire shrimp. I think that's right. I'm with you. These hang around for this book. They come up come up later in this book. They're kind of like the plague of Carrick of Magical Creatures. I would love to see the blast ended scroots being ridden into battle during the Battle of Hogwarts, oh my God. you know? Mm. Just like come at me from either end and I will blast you. The problem yeah. is only one of them survives, if I remember correctly. And I think that Harry gives it the business in the maze. <laughs> Gives it the business. Yeah, um, that's a sound right. Yeah, they're they're very hostile toward each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so interesting though that Hagrid introduces them here, and then they do come up in the tournament. Like, yes, is that a little bit of a Hogwarts advantage? Oh, oh. interesting. Oh. Maybe that's oh. probably something where Hagrid is like. I'm just going to slide this in here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and like Cedric and Harry will both know what to They'll do. They'll be fine. <laughs> Although Cedric is Cedric is older than Harry, right? Like he's. So yeah, he, but like. I don't think the they... Scroots would be his problem. I guess so. But like, aren't they kind of everybody's problem to some extent? So like they're there so. during class. The classes in the way the classes work in this school is maybe my least favorite mechanic of like any book I've ever read. Just because yeah. it's it's utter nonsense. I don't know how their schedules work whatsoever. They'll have like octuple potions one day, and <laughs> oh my god, like, marathon potions! It's just it's it works so conveniently for for and I get it. You know, it's it's a class schedule in a mad, made up school. Like it doesn't really matter. But it she's very like uh, she mentions it all the time throughout all six books that they're at school yeah. and. 
is just like, yeah, well, today we have, we have, you know, fuck tuple divination. It, like, it sucks. <laughs> and, like, I, I don't know. Why? Right. Just put them on a block schedule, like, A, B days. Come on. To me, it reminds me of how, like, in college, you would have, like, your 50-minute or hour-long classes, but then for labs, you needed, like, extra long time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or, like, a discussion session. Right. So, like, potions to me seems like, okay, make it make it a double. Right. Yeah, like, I remember in, in high school, I took AP Physics, and we had to come back after lunch for, like, AP Physics lab. Oh. Ugh. Yeah. I had such a hard time with science in high school. It's just, but here's the thing: reading science and fiction novels—that's engaging. I just finished reading an Andy Weir book. Oh, which uh, Project Hail Mary? Yeah. Oh, so good. Yeah, it was extremely. Oh, good. so good. Everybody should no read spoilers. it. Grace, are you still in the middle of it? I am. Oh okay. my god! All right, keep such me a good book. That was like the like fifty fifth book I read this year, or something like that. Yeah, congrats! That's amazing. Yeah. Um, I do not know what number it is, but I definitely read it very quickly. Yeah, I, I'm up to I'm up to 157. Holy crap! Um, uh, so well I'm, I'm still well short of my goal, but what's your goal? My goal's 200 by the end of the year, so that's oh, one per day it. till the end of the year. I that's you when you it. start reading like poetry and chat books, right? You know? <laughs> yeah, everything I read in like fourth grade. Yes, yeah. sideways stories from Wayside School. You can just rip right through those. Exactly. Every Magic Treehouse <laughs> book. Yeah. Oh, man. So back to the Scroots. Yeah. Um, Draco asks, why would anyone want to raise these? Because their job is to raise these. And I think that's a great question. Yeah, I mean, we we very rapidly see that ha- Hagrid is not like a good teacher at anything. Yeah. Hagrid illegally bred these. Right, so like Hagrid made them. Yeah, yeah, we figure that out in the next book, but I thought that was in this book somewhere. I don't think so. Maybe, maybe Rita Skeeter says something about it. Uh, I think I- so. I think because um she's like poking around their one of their classes, their care of magical creatures class, and she's like, "Tell me about these." And Harry, I think, like distracts her from, and she, oh, he's yeah, like, "These right. are probably not ethically sourced." Yeah, you're mm-hmm. right. But then uh, Umbridge brings it up as well in her. Um, oh, okay. Review. I just blasted through the whole series very recently. Nice. Yeah. When you contacted me to come on this episode, I've been in an audiobook slump, so I was like, oh, "I'll use Harry Potter. Get me out of my slump." Like if I start. <gasps> If I start uh, Sorcerer's Stone right now, like I should exactly hit where I need to be. Wrong. Oh, <laughs> oh really? Yeah, I was I was done with all seven like two weeks later. Oh wow! Oh my god! Yeah, I also use Harry Potter to get me out of reading slumps, yeah. especially like this time of year when I'm just like suddenly, <laughs> suddenly hit with the seasonal depression, and oh, I'm yeah. like, okay, well now's a good time. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing cures seasonal affective disorder like Harry Potter. It's true. Old, old Harold Potmaker <laughs> himself. <laughs> um, so basically the students just like try to feed the scroots, but they, they don't seem to have mouths. They don't know what they like to eat. Yeah, Hagrid does not know what they eat. Yeah, they're blasting and Hagrid's just like, oh yeah, that happens sometimes. But like Dean gets burned. <laughs> just such a nightmare, dude. He's, I mean, he's not a good teacher, like hard, at all. Hard agree. I genuinely don't remember when this is, but when he, when they have like the substitute who shows them the unicorns, when was that? Um, Do you guys remember? She shows up in, I believe, three and five, but I think she shows them the unicorns in five. Okay. 
Well, whenever it is, that, I remember Hermione being like, thank God we finally had, like, literally one good care of magical creatures class. Yeah. (laughs) She's around for, and, and like, I do, again, I don't want to get into other books. I do think it's absolutely wild that since it's Hagrid's job to pick up the first years at the beginning of school, it becomes Professor Grubblyplank's job to pick up the first years at the beginning of school. Even though that wasn't a duty of the care of magical creatures teacher. Oh, yeah. Mm. It's like a groundskeeping job. Right. Or also or, just like kind of like a school mascot job. Yeah, just like a Hagrid job. <laughs> but like it's so wild that like Hagrid's out and so that duty falls to substitute care of magical creatures teacher. Yeah, interesting. That's funny. I've been thinking about that for weeks now. It just bothers <laughs> me. There's a lot of stuff in this series that's gonna bother you. Even oh, in this sure. chapter. In this like. very chapter. Yeah. Do they they have so few competent teachers at this school though? Like for being um, McGonagall. McGonagall and Flitwick. Yeah. Yeah. Snape could be so competent if he just like stopped being an actual bully and like letting his emotions get in the way of his job. Sure. And if Harry just paid attention ever. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. That's valid. The the thing I hate the most about Harry Potter is that he continuously just Bucks off in class all the time in like every class, right? He's like, oh man, you know what? You know what sucks? History and magic. And I'm like, kid, you, you were living under a staircase. Yeah. How did you go from my life is the worst thing ever to like, eh, can't be bothered to pay attention in this magic Um, class. It's the influence of Ron. (laughs) (laughs) For real. For real. He's a bad influence. Honestly, it's true because I remember them specifically learning about the goblin rebellions in um, in history of magic. And like eventually they have some pretty complicated dealings with a goblin. And it's like, wouldn't it be nice if you knew literally fucking anything, anything about goblins? About goblins? <laughs> yeah. They're like, this will never come up again. We don't also, need it. I'm pretty sure the goblin rebellions is the only thing they talk about in history of magic. I feel like it comes up constantly that, like, Professor Benz is talking about goblins. goblins. <laughs> uh, That's funny. Maybe. Um, yeah, I can't really remember, like, any other examples. That's pretty funny. Is, is that also, like, are the goblins the ones who, like, I think he was talking about them getting, like, burned or something, and they all had funny names, so Ron was, like, making them up or whatever. <laughs> I have, like, all these, like, abstract memories of yeah. Harry Potter that, like, they don't have any, like, place or time. I just, like, know that it happens yeah. somewhere in this seven-book series. <laughs> well, when we get there... Yeah, we'll be like, we're there. So, so few competent teachers. Hagrid, not among them. Sprout definitely is one. Although, I think so too. She's equally as guilty of like, this is a deadly plant. Play with it. Yeah, Yeah. I think she, um, I think she is a good teacher, but maybe like a very cavalier disciplinarian and like safety guide, you know, safety patrol. (laughs) You know, to be fair, like Hagrid's worst quality is that he doesn't like understand that things are dangerous you know like there are are worse crimes for sure and i mean nothing really bad happens to most people except malfoy gets torn apart by hippogriff which is his own fault yeah Um, and i think torn apart is a strong word well (laughs) i i I like to you know a kid can dream right in the in the books he gets like i think pretty fucked up but in the movie it's like 
Your clothes got hurts. ripped. <laughs> it's so dramatic. My father will hear about this. <laughs> yeah, I also think a difference between Sprout and Hagrid is that, like, I think Sprout is pretty confident that for the most part, whatever might happen to you in the greenhouses, like, Scout Sprout can probably fix it. Yeah. Whereas yeah. Hagrid can't fix anything. He's yeah. not even supposed to use magic. Yeah, so if a blasted screw, like, burns or stings somebody, because they yeah, can burn I- and sting if they're male. <laughs> he, he also oh probably God. doesn't have like any basic first aid knowledge like he can't do anything he didn't even put when when Draco got wounded he didn't even put anything on the wound <laughs> he's just yeah. like run I don't know run. just go to go to the go to the hospital you're fine yeah I mean he just runs over anxiously when someone gets burned I can't remember who got burned but there was no recourse or there was no yeah. plan for that at all it was Dean and Hagrid's just like well happens hey, Wait, you learn something yeah <laughs> this is how you learn right you just stuck your finger in the in the outlet and by outlet yeah. i mean blasted and screwed <laughs> stick a finger in the blast end in, in true jk rolling fashion we have to spend time talking about like the screwed genitalia Oh my god! Is that true? Yeah. I don't know if that happens. I think that happens in this chapter where where they're it like, does. oh, this, and the, and the females have like a sucker on the underneath of them. <laughs> yeah, because Lavender Brown's like, what's this pointy thing? And yeah. then Hagrid's like, oh, I think that's a boy one. <laughs> oh my god! Wait, I never like realized that that was, is that a penis joke? Like, I just thought I that know. they were there's so many just like unfounded <laughs> jokes. Well, one of them's got a sting, chapter. and one of them's got a sucker. <laughs> I never realized this before. This woman's obsessed, okay? It's, <laughs> it's we, weird. We should have known. Yeah. The signs were there. It just never occurred to me. I was like, weird. I get what she's sucking. I don't get it. <laughs> well, he suggests that it might be blood. Says that these creatures are terrifying. <laughs> I'm like, what even is happening? Well, and and like uh, there somewhere in, in your in the movie they're obviously left out entirely, right? Because right. Why would that's they do that? Animate. Yeah, that's a lot to animate. But like in my head, if if they had been, if if no, if movie number four had been directed by David Yates, we would have had a montage of like Scroot care that would have been mm. fantastic. Yeah, like with we like see shenanigans the, music. Yeah, exactly. We see the Scroots growing older over time because all they do all year in Care of Magical Creatures is take care of the Scroots. They would show the passage of time in the films by showing how the Scroots have grown. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It would be mm-hmm. a motif, yeah. like the Whomping Willow in whatever movie that is. And Hedwig. Uh, and Hedwig. Who am I, Hedwig? <laughs> Who am I, Hedwig? What am I? <laughs> I mean, you can't, look, we can't all rely on Bella Swan staring out a window. Wait, what? Oh. Wait. That was a Twilight reference. Uh... Wait, what do you? Mean? I don't get the joke though. What do you oh, mean? So like, there's rely? a in in Eclipse. Uh, no, in New Moon, they pass like six months of time in like a like a pan shot. I see. Yes, I know exactly. Bella's what head right as and, like the entire year goes by. Did you read the books or? I did actually. Since the last time I since the last time I talked to you, I have read every Twilight book and seen all the movies. Congratulations! Wow. How was that vampire C section for you? Mm. I'll tell you what, if you haven't read Midnight Sun, the uh, the Edward perspective version of the first one, don't. It was awful. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well it it should be it should be good, right? Because he has like he can hear everyone's thoughts and like there's mm-hmm. something there's a very interesting book to be written about a, you know, immortal seventeen year old who can't not hear everybody's thoughts. 
but Stephanie Meyer was not the person to write that book. Yeah, yeah. And so instead, it's just like rehashed dialogue from 17 different perspectives. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. Yikes. Well, it's lunchtime next, and Hermione is like scarfing down her food because she needs to go to the library for reasons. For reasons. Don't she's, ask. She's so sketchy at this point. Like, every time, because I forget about the reason, right? Like, I know why now, but I forget every time about mm-hmm. the, the thing that she does, and I'm just like, what has Hermione got cooked up? <laughs> every time I listen to this chapter. Yeah, it's because re- it's really reminiscent of in the last book when she was being all sketchy because of the time turner. She's like, don't ask, I gotta go. Well, yeah, and, and in the second book, when she disappears to, to run off and figure out like the basilisk thing but also gets petrified right yeah. she's always just be disappearing she's and getting always in trouble. just like creeping around doing some shenanigans <laughs> really she just needs her space from these fucking dudes i, I mean, get it dude. for sure but every time <laughs> she leaves them something bad happens to her it's that's true. true and probably them that's the thing is they're stupid lucky and <laughs> when they separate she has like the bad luck even though right she's she gets attacked so much by a more troll. capable right so we know she's going to the library because she's preparing spew. That's like her thing right now. What do we think she's doing in the library? Like to to prepare. Yeah, like what books is she looking at? How to start a nonprofit or like <laughs> how self-history laws. When she eventually gets there, she comes back with the badges. So theoretically, she's like making those too. Like just having arts and crafts Is there a button maker time. in the library? She's crafting. Right, like. You, you know how you can go to the, like, a public library or, like, maybe your school library and there's, like, a table that has, like, a hole punch and a stapler and, like, a laminator and, like, you can, and, like, a paper cutter. And there would also be, like, a button maker and Hermione's just fussing around making buttons. I like it. For real. Yeah. Like, I always wonder about this stuff, too, because, like, there's a lot of button making that goes on in these books, at mm. least in, in several of them. Yeah. And, Potter like. stinks. Yeah, the the Potter Stinks supports her. Digger- That's this digger- book. Oh, is it this one too? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and like, yeah, where are they making? Why is there like so one much kid? button making? <laughs> there's one kid with a button maker and a fucking hustle. That's yeah, what's going yeah. on here. Well, side and the, hustle. And and the only time that magic ever doesn't work right is surrounding those Potter Stinks buttons too, because like. They can't get them to not say Potter Stinks. <laughs> like they tried to like transfigure them and it didn't work correctly. And, like, that has always blown my mind that, like, there's a spell that, like, because the spells are pretty straightforward in this series. Like, there's not a whole lot of interpretation to what they do. Yeah. Right. So, like, they've got some secret spell that, like, writes different stuff on buttons and it's just apparently really hard to do. (laughs) The only exception to that is transfiguration. I think transfiguration, like, as a practice, as, like, something that you can teach to other people makes no fucking sense. How do you teach someone for, like, seven straight years to transfigure everything? It's either, like, too much time or not enough time, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, is there a difference? Is there a specific spell that, like, turns mice into teacups? Right. Would that spell also turn mice into other things? Or turn other things into teacups? I have no idea. There must be just, like, a thousand or more than a thousand spells to learn. Yeah, I guess so. 
Just like how so you, many. How do you say that you're confronted with a teacup in a dark alley, <laughs> and you need, to, or a mouse in a dark alley, and you need to turn into? I a was going to say, what's how, the teacup doing in the dark alley? <laughs> the mouse in the dark alley. You need to turn into a teacup. How are you going to remember? Do you need to like factor in the 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 tide conditions, or like what's going on here? <laughs> it's very very silly. Because that's how it works in freaking Name of the Wind. Oh, name of the wind. Yeah, that, yeah. That stupid high fantasy series where, like, yeah, every time do they do magic, do you not enjoy ha- those books? No, I love those books, but the magic oh, is do? stupid, complicated. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I'm the only person I know who doesn't did not enjoy reading Name of the Wind, so I'm trying to find just even one. Oh other no, I, I absolutely adored it. Okay, I right. had like a fine time, but anyway, that's not what this podcast. Is about. Yeah, no, fair. Um, next they go to divination. Professor Trelawney immediately predicts difficult times ahead for Harry. Wait, she's not wrong, though. (laughs) This is the thing, though. She's never wrong when it comes to Harry, right? Because his life is just so unfortunate. He's always in in crazy situations. And he's just like, oh, she's an old fraud. There's no way this is going to happen to me. (laughs) Just it always does, though, Harry. It's like, kid, your number is constantly up, man. Constantly. He's just like... He just refuses to engage. I think it's just like the drama. He's like, I can't with this. And I get that for sure. Is it me? Am (laughs) I the drama? (laughs) Like, yeah, Harry, everybody's just trying to have a normal year. And you keep messing everything up. It's true. God, it's so true. In Divination, they're starting star stuff. Astronomy. Astrology. Yeah. One one or both of those. I think it's kind of like both. Well, they take you know, they take astronomy. That's why I was confused because oh, I yeah. was like, they do take astronomy. So yeah. I guess they're learning to apply their astronomy to astrology. Okay, yeah. you know, star stuff, star sure. charts, yeah, horoscopes, star charts, yeah, all that stuff. Yeah, you've got two Jupiters or two Saturns or whatever, <laughs> two Neptunes. Uh, Trelawney guesses that also that Harry was born in midwinter, bless her heart. Although mm. he does act like he was born in midwinter, I think, but whatever. That's <laughs> just my personal. Is that your read on him? <laughs> Here's the question though. What do we know? Do we know Tom Riddle's birthday? Ooh. I don't remember. Like, is she reading the the, the Horcrux? Hey, Leela, this is not a sound effect. This is my actual keyboard. <laughs> I've gotten feedback that my keyboard sounds like a dramatic, ridiculous sound effect. Tom Riddle was born on December 31st. Wow. Wow. So she isn't completely wrong. That's pretty cool. Ethan did it. Boom. <laughs> Figured it out. Crushed it. That's Nailed that's it. my theory. My going theory is that Trelawney's correct about everything constantly. And that if we like look hard enough, you could trace every single thing she says to some stupid event. Because the author here, the, the, she who must not be named, is obviously the master of foreshadowing. Like one of the, the you know greatest writers ever when it comes to foreshadowing correctly. Um, so everything has a purpose, right? Every, a place for everything right. and everything is place. Even if she has to make it up later, it becomes convincing. That's something you do as a writer, especially when you're writing a series like this, is just keep leaving stuff for yourself to maybe use yeah, later. Yeah, leave little breadcrumbs. <laughs> Have nearly headless Nick push over a, a cabinet in the second year that yeah. eventually needs to be broken five years later. Right. It's perfect. So they start filling out their birth charts. That's it. That's what they're doing. Next, they go down for dinner. 
And Malfoy comes to read to them. It's an article about how Arthur Weasley went to help Mad-Eye Moody, who is, quote, no longer able to tell the difference between a handshake and attempted murder. So rude. Yeah. And, like, the bonkers thing is that this incident was, like, definitely not a false alarm. (laughs) Yeah. They're just gaslighting him the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, though, I think Rita Skeeter wrote that article. Oh, yes. It is weird, though, because in the middle of the article, it says, writes Rita Skeeter, special correspondent. (laughs) Who do you think you are? So I'm like, is she like speaking about herself in the third person? I guess she she works for like the wizard (laughs) AP. Like she's like the Associated Press of of wizarddom. <laughs> I don't know. She's like I tweeted a couple weeks ago and said, uh, "Hi, my name is Rita Skeeter, and I'll be your plot device for the next seven hundred eight pages." Oh, yeah. And it's just like true, every true. every single book has that person, but hers is very much like I'm going to participate in this through articles and and crap like that, where I'm just gonna fry people. Uh, how old were you when you realized that Rita Skeeter is supposed to rhyme? <gasps> today oh, I yeah. was today years mm-hmm. old. Rita Skeeter. Yeah. Rita Skeeter. During the course of this podcast, I forget who, but someone had to explain to me that, like, it's it's not weird that this series says er instead of uh, because the sound is the same, the same. in the uh. UK. I was like, oh, my God. This whole time I thought they were like, er. Er. <laughs> uh, I just, I don't, I'm like, Harry, close your mouth. What are you doing? <laughs> you just um, picture, picture Harry sitting there like, eh. <laughs> yeah, that's what I pictured my entire life. Um, but it makes a lot more sense now. Yeah, Rita Skeeter. Rita Skeeter. Yeah, that sounds way better. She frames it like Arthur kind of disgraced the ministry by even going to handle this. Um, Mad-Eye Moody's like alarm. Ugh. And calls him Arnold. Yes, that's okay. That's rude. Can't even get his name right. Probably got it wrong on purpose. <laughs> yeah. It's probably for the best. He can be like, that's not me. <laughs> that's not, who was that? <laughs> that's, I don't know. that's my cousin Arnold. Except that he is pictured in the article. So. Oh, yeah. I didn't forget about that. <laughs> I I just have an, an, an imagination of Cornelius Fudge like calling Rita Skeeter and being like, hey, can you just fry this guy real quick? We all hate yeah, him, right? Like real. Nobody wants him around. This dude, you know, uh, disassembles plugs. Like, please... The media has a lot of responsibility. Yeah, mm. and and none of it is correctly handled. Yeah. All muckraking, nothing but muckraking. The Daily Prophet is maybe the worst fictional paper literally ever. What does oh, yeah. muckraking mean? It's like the the uh like 1920s practice whatever of just like f- fake journalism essentially. Just like oh, slander. I see. Yeah. I see. It's like a like a dual US history ID term, you know. Things that stick in my head. I see. Well, I learned something new today. Um, Malfoy calls Molly Weasley fat, which is, here's the thing. She she is fat. And there's, like, a lot of other fat characters in the series that are represented, like, really cruelly. And mm-hmm. Molly Weasley is never represented in that cruel lens except through Malfoy. Right. And so it's so wild that, like, the author was, like, you see how shitty Malfoy's being about this, like, perfectly nice woman um, so that's how you know he's evil, okay, kids? And it's, but she did the same thing with her own characters. Yeah. Right. 
Yeah, like, it's always interesting to get in those concepts of, like, yeah, you have to write the biases in. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, like, a way to do it, you know, where the narrative isn't being shitty. It's, like, these characters are being shitty. There's a way to do it, and it was not executed in a lot of different ways about a lot of different things that we've talked about, honestly. Right, like, mm-hmm. why is money so important constantly? Like, mm-hmm. why does it matter? Why does Ron need to be poor? Like, right. yeah. I don't choices know. you're you're yeah. magic rightly like, why does uh. <laughs> yeah no i know no i know because like bare minimum you can like have at least like a thriving business especially if you live around muggles you can just have like the dopest produce around you For know sure. what i mean like it doesn't have to be ridiculous right asio tomato right done just yeah. robbing people constantly. Molly could like um enter county fairs and get awards for like the biggest pumpkin. Oh, although probably that would go to Hagrid. <laughs> Remember his giant pumpkins? Yes. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Big, 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 big pumpkins. <laughs> like um, you can sleep on that pumpkin. I mean, that would be crazy though. And I'm sure people do. Like, I'm sure Mundungus Fletcher does that. Uh like, Mundungus oh, yeah. would. <laughs> enters, you know, yeah, yeah. local local fairs. The huge That's pumpkin hilarious. competition, you know. That would be a fun hustle. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um. So okay. So they're like they're like fighting and like they're holding Ron back. Malfoy's being really shitty, and then Harry and Ron and Hermione turn around to leave, but like suddenly there is a bang. Oh no, you don't, laddie. <laughs> I fucking love it. <laughs> so vivid, like, right away. You know yeah. what I mean? Because yeah. yep. Malfoy tries to, like, curse Harry's ear off or whatever, and then Moody's mm. just like, mm not happening. No shot. If Malfoy and Harry just made out, they would not have all this tension between them. I don't know. One of these days, we'll, we'll get the we'll get the Harry Potter that we deserve, where <laughs> Harry and, and Malfoy are just star-crossed lovers. Yes. <laughs> Okay, so Harry turns around and there's a ferret, like a white ferret. Some might say platinum blonde. <laughs> um, and Mad Eye Moody's pointing his wand at it. Okay, this ferret is Malfoy. Yeah, this is one of the best images the books ever present to me. Like, yeah, I it's agree. so vivid. It's so detailedly written. They're like, I can picture what's going on in that scene. At any given time in my life. Like, this scene sticks with me so much. I think that's the main reason they decided to include it in the movie, just because it was yeah. so good. It yeah, was a little visual. different, but... Yeah. And, like, not that hard to animate, because it's, like, a much smaller ferret situation. You can just get a real ferret and figure right. it out from there. Yeah, it's, like, yeah. a real animal that you don't have to construct from base zero of <laughs> right. giant murder shrimp. There's no pus involved. Uh. There's no pus involved. <laughs> And I think part of what makes this scene so vivid is how quickly McGonagall arrives and, like, that mm-hmm. interaction, like, really brings the scene to life. So Moody is bouncing Malfoy around <laughs> as a ferret. Um, apparently, Malfoy tried to attack when Harry's back was turned. And then McGonagall rolls in and is like, oh, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, what is what is with this ferret? What and he's is like, happening? Uh, teaching, I think, is what he <laughs> says. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> We never use transfiguration as a punishment. Which means, like, A, yeah, they totally used to, right? Like, it's, mm. somebody did it, so it has to be a rule, right? 
Right, right. right. That's yeah. true. <laughs> and two, I want to be in the meeting where Moody and Dumbledore sat down. And Dumbledore was like, listen, Alistair, you cannot hex the kids. You cannot curse the kids. You cannot transfigure the kids. But like, I'm not going to do anything about it. <laughs> uh, he has a very laissez-faire atti- uh, leadership attitude. Dumbledore? Very much so. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's why Hagrid has the lessons that Hagrid has. That's why Hagrid is employed as a teacher. At yeah, all. Dumbledore's yeah. like, I keep this school open for the sole purpose of of educating this single kid to make sure <laughs> that he does what I tell him to later on in life. It's so hard to educate like 200 kids at once, okay? It's, like, focus on so one. It's so hard. Your I, just, favorite. <laughs> I need to gaslight this one child for six years, and then I'm going to fucking peace out and die. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> That's like a great synopsis of just Dumbledore's entire story. For real. Like, they, Because the author tries to paint Harry as a bad guy for not trusting Dumbledore. And I'm like, yeah, dude, I don't blame you, honestly. Yeah, I would not trust Dumbledore um, at all. So McGonagall changes Malfoy back into a human. Um, Moody literally could not care less. Yeah, couldn't couldn't give a shit. Yeah, he's very cavalier. Yeah. and And then... Malfoy's like, yeah, my my dad's going to hear about this. And Moody's like, I know your dad, buddy. Listen, (laughs) we're old friends. Yeah, it's like it's so bonkers to me whenever I reread these. It's like they really don't even properly suspect that Lucius Malfoy is a Death Eater until like about now. And it's like how I feel like (laughs) I feel like there's just like a lot. But I guess he doesn't even learn what a Death Eater is until this book, which is so bonkers to me. Yeah. Because nobody will just talk to the kid, right? They won't just tell him what's going on, ever. But here's the other thing is he does not open a book about, like, contemporary history. I know they mention books, um, I think, when they're doing a bunch of research about the Gillyweed. They mention these, or maybe it was when they were looking up Nicholas Flamel, whatever. Yeah, contemporary history book that has, like, stuff about him in it, you know? Yeah. I would read that. Right, yeah, there there are books that mention you, Harry. He's the worst student (laughs) <laughs> ever right like he is there's no way this kid got more than one single owl i know in defense against the dark Sorry. owl <laughs> um yeah so moody's like okay well we're gonna go talk to snape because snape is malfoy's head of house mm-hmm. um goodbye so then ron is like meditating and he's like don't talk to me i want to fix that in my memory forever <laughs> he's like everyone shut up <laughs> This is the best day. I think he says it's the best moment of my life. (laughs) But this is like such a cute Ron line, you know, like a very Ron line. It is. Um, So then, yeah, uh, the twins and Leigh Jordan sit down with the trio uh, in the dining hall. And they're just like raving about how Moody is so badass because he like knows and he's like been out there doing it. He like does it man like he really does the damn thing bro he's just like out here like living it (laughs) um they're just like building him up to be such a badass and this is like our first our first introduction to him he like comes into the great hall all dramatically during a thunderstorm and this is our like second our first up close and he's just like complete a complete loose cannon absolutely Constant then, vigilance. Yeah, it only escalates from here, truly. Yeah. 
It's just so interesting, though, to like think about the whole crouch dynamic, you know? Because mm-hmm. it's like we don't really know Mad Eye Moody. No, yeah, it's true. And it's wild that like Barty Crouch Jr. is like one of the best teachers that Harry ever has. Yeah. yeah. And it is also interesting, though, because I'm pretty sure Mad Eye Moody would have turned Draco Malfoy into a ferret and like bounced him around. See, that's the thing is like he's impersonating someone who is like bonkers you know like yeah. a, like getting a little old a little bold you know like your grandma stops like stops like pretending she's not farting and like telling <laughs> you your boobs are out too much or whatever like when she gets old she just loses her filter i feel like moody just does crazy shit so i People feel like, like it's yeah it's easy to be like well yeah i could just do crazy shit <laughs> And even later on, when Harry, like, meets the real Moody in subsequent books, he, like, has to remind himself that this is not the same guy because he's yeah. so much the same guy. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder how much time Barney Crouch spent, like, even studying at all. You know, like, just even yeah, one thing. That's interesting. Because he fooled Dumbledore. Exactly. Yeah. That, he fooled Dumbledore, who, as a reminder, can read minds. Yeah. I feel like that doesn't come up enough in this. Like, it, n- it never makes sense until it has to make sense. Ugh. Well, so D- Dumbledore is obviously the Gandalf of Harry- the Harry Potter world. Like, it's literally just pulled whole hog full cloth from Lord of the Rings. Gandalf and is so superior. Gandalf's powers are so wild. Yeah. Like, they make no sense. They're they're back and forth completely. In The Hobbit, he, like, turns a whole battalion of, of goblins to, to ash. With, like, yeah. one wave of his staff, and the next book, he's like, oh, I can light a fire with my, <laughs> my fingers. <laughs> it's much more practical. So Dumbledore's just standing over there like, I'm the greatest wizard that's ever wizarded, and I defeated <laughs> Gellert Grindelwald by myself. Nobody asks me anything anymore. <laughs> Dumbledore is also old and bonkers enough that he right. has that pass. And I feel like it would be easy to impersonate Dumbledore because you would just say something ridiculous. But like you have to keep it gentle. Maybe I would maybe get caught because I'm a, I'm an enthusiastic person. Yeah. And, you know, this is this. I, I'm not going to say that like the portrayal that Michael Gambon does in the movies is bad. But like this is where people start to get annoyed with him in this movie specifically because of the the incident, right? The yeah, singular yeah. moment. But like, yeah, Dumbledore always be saying some wild stuff. Like he just opens the feast every year with like a batshit speech. It's and, true. And people are just like, yeah, the greatest wizard ever to live, man. <laughs> this guy discovered discovered nine thousand uses for dragon's blood. You know, which seems like a really weirdly contemporary time to have done that in. Yeah, you're it's right. true. <laughs> They're very uh, stuck in the past. And again, in, in in book seven, when when somebody is like, yeah, when Dumbledore was 16, he did some wild stuff. And Harry's like, are you kidding me? Albus Dumbledore? <laughs> Couldn't be him. Yeah, he was just a little fashy for just a little bit of time. Hey, look, we, we all go through our, you know, seize the means of production, <laughs> destroy the labor forces. <laughs> era we all we all go through that right everybody everybody has their their you know anti reverse communist phase (laughs) um well that's the end of the chapter does anyone have anything else to add i love this chapter because like i think that moody is one of the most interesting characters that we were introduced to even though he's like fake the whole time i truly think he's one of the most interesting characters we're introduced to in the entire series and like i love that 
the first two books, uh, the the author was like, yeah, the Defense Against the Dark Arts teachers are useless. And then in the second two books, she was like, yeah, okay, but like I need Harry to learn stuff. <laughs> so right, especially because she needs to start throwing like dark arts in right, there. big mm-hmm. stuff at him, right? Because like and they, like. Also, Harry has to be good at, like, something, like, anything. It, like, anything other than playing a sport. Right. Being a jock. A we jock. Don't, <laughs> we don't remember enough that Harry's a huge jock, <laughs> right? Like, Yeah, it's true. And he's Love like, oh, him. man, you know, my dad sucked. And I'm like, yeah, dude, you kind of suck, too. <laughs> it's true. Hey, it's Harry, true. Like, have, you Harry noticed, could- have you noticed a lot of people don't like you very much? <laughs> like, yeah. Harry so easily could have gone like the full James path, I think. For real, yeah. He had I enough so influence too. from other people that he went a slightly different path. Definitely helpful that he has Ron and Hermione, because without them, he would be an absolute nightmare. Yeah. I think also just like him and Ron without Hermione would become nightmares together. Yeah, no, that's probably true. Even in this chapter, we see Ron being a nightmare. He's like, let me get a look at your anus, Lavender. Uh, and I was oh, like, yeah. my God. Boo. <laughs> I remember being like 12, reading this and being like, wow. <laughs> Honestly, It's funny because it's flirting. It is, but like, Ron, you're gross, dude. Like, and it's also and this gross was, that they date later. I'm just like, okay. I believe this is when Lavender was still black in the movies, too. Oh, what? Really? I guess I never noticed that. That's yeah. No, they, they, Lavender was originally a black girl in the movies. Wow, holy shit. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Man, that's depressing. Yeah. Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, I'll have to look closer next time. Me yeah. too. Um, anyway, I would definitely be the person to make a joke about Uranus in oh, for sure. class. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> I'm not too good to make a butthole joke. <laughs> but like by the time that these kids are what, they're like fifteen now? 14? 14, 14, 14, I guess. Yeah. It's yeah. always the it's always that's the book fair. plus a one in front of it. Yeah. Like Harry and Ron remain so clueless about women the entire time that it's just like painful. almost almost like willfully ignorant. Like, like willfully they're just not ignorant. even they're not even trying to understand. They're not thinking about it. They're not asking questions. Like they're just like blustering blindly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh and even when when Ron and Lavender start hooking up and he talks to Ginny about it and she's like, "Yeah, we've we've all been doing this forever." Like <laughs> It's just you two weirdos. Like, <laughs> yeah, they're so late. Like, by the time they start caring about it, it's like, where have you been? <laughs> oh, I mean, man. you're telling me you give a bunch of 16 and 17-year-olds magic and none of them do drugs. Like, none of them. Like, none of them. Of course, they. I think, I wonder if there's, like, spells that feel like drugs, we've, you know? We've yeah. talked about this. Well, we just Talk have to about remember, it again. More magic drugs. That Harry is like we learn everything from Harry's perspective, right? Like this is a, the the books are written in a very a very Loctite third person limited perspective. Like we only know the things Harry knows, and he is the world's least observant person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like th- it definitely it always cracks me up listening or reading back through the books, and I'm like, man, there are so many things going on around this kid right now that he's just like da 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 da, not doing the yeah. whole work. There's some meme that goes around every couple of years about how Harry's so clueless he wouldn't notice if, like, Snape and Flitwick were having an affair or, like, some other very ridiculous couple like that. He truly would not. He has no subtlety. He's like, no perception. None. And the shame is that that's the stuff that we want to know. I know. Right. Like, th- these are the things we want to know about. And, and truly, <laughs> Come I think- on, it- Harry. Like, sometimes it feels like a deliberate move from the author to keep the fan- fiction community alive of like she gave us just enough to write about but not enough to like have it covered in the book 
Yeah. I, it is good to have room for fan fiction because then you get some really creative interpretations and I love that. And then you get My Immortal. My Immortal. Wow. That is a great time to plug our Patreon. <laughs> Um, because we definitely covered my immortal over on Patreon nice. and like I had such a good time with that episode. It was probably my favorite bonus episode we've ever done. That thing goes off the rails in a big, big way. It was extremely fun to read. Yeah, it's something. It made me listen to my um like old school punk rock shit. For like five days after I read that, I was listening to a lot of like Fallout Boy from Under the Court. Oh yeah, because they go to like album a, of all time. They go to like a Good Charlotte concert at they go They are like obsessed with Good Charlotte in My Immortal. It's okay. Anyway, listen to the episode. Join us on our Patreon. Oh man, all, all of the content warnings, all, all of them, every <laughs> yeah. single one you can think every- of. Assume. <laughs> I think you did the- start that episode with like so many trigger warnings. Yeah. The episode starts with, this is a trigger warning for everything, as Ethan has said, but, like, please know that, like, none of it is presented in an even remotely, like, convincing or, like, artful. It's just, like, very ridiculous the entire time, so. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's been a couple episodes of Bacon and Eggs where I've had to get on at the front and just be like, this episode contains trigger warnings for, like, literally everything. Yeah. Everything you can think of. Just don't, don't listen to it. <laughs> if you're having a bad day in any way. If you're respect. having a bad day in any way, if the seasonal affective disorder is really getting you, please don't. <laughs> well, cool. Are we ready to move on to plugs? I think so. Sure. Okay. Um, I would love to start by plugging our Patreon. As I just mentioned, we talk about some pretty cool stuff over there. We've talked about My Immortal. And for Christmas, we're going to be covering the Hogwarts School of Prayer and Miracles, which is a Christian rewrite of the first, like, ten chapters or something. I kind of forget. What? Yeah, it's very funny. It- oh, my God. <laughs> I'm really excited. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so, have to listen to those. Yes, yeah. Um. Also, just, like... This episode, my notes say this episode comes out the day before Thanksgiving. Do with that with what you will. I don't really like Thanksgiving. It's a shitty holiday with a shitty history. And my husband and I get super stressed about family holidays because all our parents are divorced. So yep. we're fleeing to New Orleans. I hope everyone is Wait, having at least. Christina, yeah. I didn't know that. That's so fun. Yeah, we're bailing on Sunday oh for God, a week. Good for you. I'm so jealous. <laughs> yeah, you're doing it. You're really Thank doing you. it. Thank you. So I hope everyone has as great of a Thanksgiving as I do. We won't. Congrats. We simply <laughs> yeah. will not. It's we not will. possible. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll send thoughts and prayers or love, <laughs> love and kisses. Yeah. Prayers and yeah, don't Don't pray something. for me while you're in New Orleans. I don't need that. <laughs> you might. If you pray for me while you're in New Orleans, you might accidentally pray to the wrong thing and like... <laughs> really mess um, my life up. Don't pr- never pray to the gods who answer after dark. That's what we've learned. That's okay. a quote from The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue by V.E. Schwab. I ten see out of ten. Recommend. that they're making a movie. No, I didn't. Okay. I, have to say I really okay. need to read that book, but I have a passionate hate for hardback books that I've developed this year. Listen to it. Is there an audiobook? There is, but like I already own the hardback. I just haven't read it. It's just on my shelf. Well, I really at me. recommend it. Yeah, it's worth yeah. it. Grace read it and then handed it to me, and I read it immediately. I'm pretty sure. But I'm running out of. I'm like. I'm. I'm like ninety percent of shelf read right now. So like, I. I need. Wow. To, I'm gonna have to. That goal. Yeah. That's amazing. That is. That is. Really that's my goal. I've been trying to churn through my TBR pretty fast. Also, so Godspeed to everyone on their reading goals for 2021. It's been a crazy year, Christina. You've been doing great. 
Thank you. You've been reading so much. I'm so jealous. Thank you. My goal for 2022 is to work less, read more. Work less, read more. Love that. Um, my notes also remind me to wish a happy Hanukkah to our friends who will be observing. I guess it starts kind of early this year. It so. is super early this year. I am unprepared. Honestly, I like it. Spread the love around a little bit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for real. Well, good luck on your shopping, though, Grace. Thank you. I, um, yeah, I haven't started shopping for any of the, the, the seasonal holidays. Yeah. Everyone for me this year is getting a book or a charity donation. And those are your two options. And it's not negotiable. That's incredible. <laughs> like... That, and that's what I'm telling everybody. Everybody's like, what do I get you for Christmas? And I'm like, books. Buy me books. Just books, yeah. Just send me, send me a book. And they're like, what kind of books do you like? I'm going to send me a book you think I'd like. Pick yeah, one up off the table. Send me a book that like, was meaningful to you. Is right, yeah. Just people. literally, I read 157 books this year. I'm out of things that I like. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like well, enough. And also, I think that people who maybe like don't read like every single day are like, Shouldn't you be like selective about your book choice? Nope. And it's like, no, I'm nope. pretty indiscriminate. Pretty indiscriminate. I'll read everything. Yeah. Although yeah. nonfiction November is not going well. I've read <laughs> half of one nonfiction. Oh, I, I didn't even bother. Like literally, if I if I pick up a book and it doesn't interest me in the first like 15 pages, I will just throw it across the room and grab something else. Yeah, I mean, there for are just sure. way too many books in the world to be yeah. spending our time reading things we don't really want to be reading. Oh, yeah, Life I'm, I'm, is too short. I am for sure in that camp of... You do not owe anything to the book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, don't burn it, but like, it's just put it down. <laughs> Pass yeah. Read something along. else. It's totally fine. Trade it on um paperback swap. Here, yeah. that'll be my plug oh, this yeah. week. For how we're doing one. plugs. We're just such having such a lively conversation. I keep forgetting what we're doing. Here's a wild idea. Give it to somebody and be like, I didn't like this. See if you do. <laughs> and if you don't, give it to somebody else. We will never... find the person for this book. <laughs> I would never read that. Maybe it's because I've worked too long in publishing. I'm like, there are some books that will never find their audience. Yeah. Oh, that's sad. I implicitly, no, no, no. I implicitly trust Reese, Reese Witherspoon. I have, not oh, read yeah. a, I have not read a bad Reese rack all year. Yes. I love that. I love that so much. Yeah. Okay, great. Uh, where were we? Uh, I'm doing my plug. Yes. <laughs> um, you can follow me on Instagram at Christina the Con. You can follow me on Twitter at Christina Con. You can follow me on TikTok at Sprouts Private Stash. You can check out my brand as new business, wildlingpress.com, at Wildling Press on every social media. Yes, I got the same handle everywhere. It's a miracle. That's Incredible. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. This week, I'm going to recommend, as I mentioned earlier, Paperback Swap. It's my favorite fucking website. You can trade paperbacks with people. Edited to add that this is not exclusively paperbacks. Um, The name is a little misleading. You can trade any format of book, including audiobooks and stuff like that. Uh, Not ebooks, though, I think. I think it's only like um, audiobook CDs and tapes. So if you're into that, cool. Then they're there. They're there on Paperback Swap. You can go on like wish lists, uh, like get in, like go on hold for books that are like going around, you know, like newer ones and they get sent to you eventually. That's so and cool. You send books to other people and I'm like receiving and getting like, like at least one book a week and it, you just have to pay a couple bucks for postage and it's incredible. So paperbackswap.com, I think is what that is. Whatever. I'll link it in the show notes. Nice. Grace. Yes. Do you want to be found on the internet? Mm, I mean, there's nothing interesting there. Find her at wildlingpress.com. Yeah, wildlingpress.com. 100years.com.wildlingpress. I need to send you my bio, so look out for that. 
And a higher quality headshot. Okay, so I actually don't find okay, it because her yeah, headshot is pretty low quality. Don't do it. Don't do it. But <laughs> check I, back in two weeks. Word, WordPress.com slash Ball. See, see where that gets <laughs> see you. See what happens. Let me know. You find Geocities.com slash where in the world is Grace Ball. <laughs> um, maybe one day I'll be active on social media. I think probably sooner rather than later. But anyway. Oh, sure. I mean, if you I don't know. get on now, I think all the social media is just going to fall into the abyss here shortly. <laughs> that's now probably that, true. Now we can the, only hope. Now that the Zuck decided to re-rebrand Facebook. Uh, oh, Jesus. I actually, actually, Grace, I am honored that you changed your Facebook cover image for the first time since I met you like six years ago. And yep. I am in it. So in it. that's extremely flattering. Incredible. Our, our Wildling press crew. I had to do it. I was like, these are my people. Tell me about this Wildling Press thing. Yeah, so Christina and I have started a small independent publishing house called Wildling Press, where we aim to amplify marginalized voices and help new and learning authors just like learn about the publishing industry. My God. We launched over the weekend. Well, last weekend. Yeah, that's it was incredible. Very yeah. excellent. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for asking because I asked all of our network pod siblings to plug my new business as a favor to me on their podcast, and they all did. And then I forgot to do it on my own podcast. <laughs> I guess we so. Did. Thank you we so much for asking. Yeah, <laughs> that's super cool. Yeah, we're super excited about it. Christina and I met uh, working at a local publisher in Richmond. And so it's true. we've decided to, uh, embark on our own journey. I was like, do you like Harry Potter? And she was like, I like Harry Potter. And I was like, I think we're <laughs> going to be friends. It's happening. <laughs> and then you met Mary Clay Watt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It really, <laughs> that's something that just like solidifies a friendship with someone. Um, except Haley, we're friends with her because we were like, I, and Andrew, both both of those friendships started with a passing Lord of the Rings comment. <laughs> nice. Hey, I mean, it happens. There's no better way to meet people. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Just <laughs> nerd out and wait for them to come to you. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Um, Grace, what have you been reading, watching, playing, listening to recently that you would like to recommend to the listeners? I have been so incredibly busy lately, Aww. and I feel like I haven't had time to do any of those fun things. So I'm going to plug a book that I have not, in fact, read, which is Whoa. really risky, but Grace. I learned about it yesterday, and so did Scandalous. you, Christina, um, when we attended a virtual publishing seminar. Um, and it oh, yeah. was full of very stellar panelists, one of whom was an author named Rika Aoki, and she has a new book called Light from Uncommon Stars, and from what I can tell, it seems very cool. And so I will read you two endorsements, uh, just, just to give you a little something-something. Um, this is from Kirkus, uh, filled with mouth-watering descriptions of food and heart-swelling me meditations on music, this novelist is an un unexpected gift so that's good and then Whoa. this one's from Booklist. um aoki's novel is an exciting wild web of an adventure an unput downable book about music found family and identity diving into the tough subjects aoki's book emerges with joy with a joyful queer radical ballad of a story so i mean if that doesn't get you 
I don't know what will. God, um, I want to spend my life just writing book endorsements. I know. Those are really solid endorsements. They're and vivid. They really I'm are. excited to read that book. I plan to read it. I put so it on my TBR. So you should. So I'll keep you posted. If you read it before I do, let me know. <laughs> let me know. There's a, 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 a 75% plug. chance I'll read it before you do. <laughs> unless you have sure plans you to read it within the next five days. Wow, I don't. So you got this. <laughs> Ethan, let me know how it is. I have to do a book a day for the rest of the year, okay? Which means I need to finish it's... Mockingjay tonight. Ethan, it's got to be you who goes on. Not me. Not Hermione. Not me. Not you. Hermione. You. <laughs> Yo. Um, yeah, that was that must be a tour book because that seminar we did or webinar we watched yeah. was t- a tour book's webinar which was very cool it was I mean, they, cool. they are an aggressively prolific publisher that is for sure mm-hmm. yeah i feel like i have a lot of tour books and actually the invisible life of Addie larue is a tour book is it Grace. really i realized that we were talking about who has tour books during this webinar and i was like i have a bunch because it's science fiction i'm a big sci-fi nerd yeah um, yeah i read a darker shade of magic by v schwab which i really love i love her yeah i, I haven't read that but one i have not read Addie larue yet I haven't read that one either, but she is awesome. I will get on that. We, Grace and I got into her. This is, it's going on a tangent. Grace and I got into her because we went to the National Book Festival, right? And mm-hmm. in DC and we saw her speak and we were like, well, this bitch is cool. I had never heard of her before. And then we saw her and she was wearing these little like cat ears and she was just like the yes. cutest thing ever. And we were like, wow, we love her. Extremely cute. Yeah. Literally, uh, my fiance just picked up. Addie LaRue at Barnes & Noble because the cover looked cool. I was just yeah. like, I want to read this. She has Love not read it. it. Neither of us have. Oh, my God. Gotta, I didn't gotta. realize until much later that it was the same person that wrote uh, Dark Shade of Magic. Yeah. Did, and you liked a Dark Shade of Magic? Yes, I did. Okay, nice. Okay, I cool. really did. Um, we'll read that one next, Grace. Fantastic yeah. world building. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, all right. Even can I recommend working a book? Pe- Well, yes, you can. Oh, okay. What were you going to ask, though? I interrupted you. I was just going to ask where people can find you on the internet, but you can do those questions in reverse order. No, I'll do them in in normal order. You can find me (laughs) on the internet uh, on Twitter at wownow, W0WN0W. You can find me on Instagram at edgehillphotos, E-D-G-H-I-L-L, photos spelled like regular photos. Um, There's only one E in my last name. People have messed it up as long as I've been alive. I Um, personally messed it up, and I regret that error, but I fixed it. totally fine. My fiance's sister invited Ethan Edgehill with two E's to her wedding, so... Uh, um, uh. I, I had to go anyway, sadly, <laughs> I didn't get invited. Um, but if you uh, want to listen to my podcasts, you can find me at Bacon and Eggs Pod, uh, or my show Bacon and Eggs Movie Lures Podcast, um, where we cover a movie every Thursday, me and my buddy Tyler from high school. Um, and you new episodes every Thursday where we get to podcast now on Spotify. And I'm also on uh, Late to the Party, a Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition actual play podcast where I play a uh, former Broadway actor who learned to do magic accidentally. <laughs> uh, and it's a good time. I do a bunch of podcasts um, all over the internet. Um, it's, a, it's, it's fun. As far as a book recommendation, uh, I'm going to give you two. One is one of my favorite books I've read all year. It's called The Midnight Library by Matt Haig. Mm-hmm. And it, I think about that book every single day and you should read it. And I'm not going to tell you what it's about just because it's, it's, it's great. It's about a library okay. and death and stuff. Um, oh. And you should read it. It's really cool. And then also I want to recommend Damnation Spring by Ash Davidson, which is a book about uh, loggers in Northern California, the seventies. And that sounds like it'd be really boring and it's really, really not. Ooh. Okay. Cool. 
It does sound like it would be really boring. <laughs> also, you should pre-order a book called, if you're in the United States, you should pre-order a book called Lockdown on Linden Lane by my good friend yes. Beth Reekles. Yes, we love Beth. She was um, on the show like one to four episodes ago. Yeah, I saw, cool. yes. Her new book is coming out in February. I got to read it as an advanced reader copy, and it's so, so, so good. Oh, amazing. Um, I pre-ordered mine through Bookshop. That's, that is yeah. my recommended place to pre-order Absolutely. books or buy any books ever. Absolutely. I love I love that place. They get it to yeah. you on time. Uh, you would never notice that you didn't buy it from Amazon. It's fantastic. Right. Yeah, even similar packaging. <laughs> For real. Yeah, it, it comes in like record mailers, which is yeah. interesting because I order a bunch of records. So... <laughs> you never know what it's gonna be <laughs> yeah sometimes it turns out to be a book but it's fantastic and i love beth she's my favorite i just read yeah. uh both the kissing booth books yesterday all uh, the first two in the last two days those are also on my tbr shelf so we all have some reading homework and then we'll get together yeah. in a couple months and talk about it yeah good. <laughs> and in a couple months i'll be free from this torturous prison of of books that i've put myself in <laughs> and i can just go back to reading well i don't think i'll ever go back to the person i was before this but Aww. I can go back to reading like a normal amount of books. <laughs> I love that. Well, Ethan, thank you so much for joining us. It's been an absolute delight. Thank you so much for having me. It's been an absolute delight to be on this podcast. Yeah, um, and we hope to have you back for an episode of, what's the next book? Order of the Phoenix. I would be super glad to. I promise to check my email this time, but just in case, <laughs> just DM me on Twitter. Better <laughs> I always do. <laughs> We're going to need some good friends to get us through that long, depressing book. It's oh, true. I love that book. That's my favorite one. Okay, oh, great. That's the kind of enthusiasm we yeah. need. Yeah. Yeah. That's my favorite one. The writing is so good. It's so depressing. <laughs> Dang, it was so good to see you, Ethan. I know, right? What a wild, good. small world we live in. I know. I love it. I love it. Yep, I love it. All right, gang, I got to go finish reading Chicken Soup for the Ferret Soul before this book scurries away from me. Bye. 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 The Restricted Section is thrilled to be a member of the Movie Night Crew Podcast Network, which features amazing other podcasts such as My Cabbages, an Avatar podcast. My Cabbages is an Avatar The Last Airbender podcast that was started by two lovable nerds during a global pandemic to stave off their inevitable existential crisis. Coffee. Tea. Honor. Cabbage. Long ago. The four elements lived in harmony. Then, shit went totally cray when the Avatar attacked. Only the Cabbage Man, merchant of fine cruciferous vegetables, could stand against his trolling. But when the world needed some dank veg, he vanished. Ten years have passed, and my partner and I have started a new podcast. My Cabbages! An Avatar podcast. A weekly show about Avatar The Last Airbender. Whether it's Sokka's new line of cologne. Hey, look at you. Sitting there on a seal. Well, now look it back at me. I'm on a, on an even bigger seal. Now look away. D and D related antics. You have to make an acrobatics check for that, and Ang just like unzips his pants and whips out his d20s. He's just like, I got this. Or randomly breaking into song. <laughs> we'll stumble our way through the greatest show ever made, one episode at a time. You can reach us at CabbageCast, which is our Twitter, or subscribe wherever you catch pod. Rotten cabbages? What kind of slum do you think this is? The Restricted Section was created by me, Christina Kahn, based on the book series by J.K. Rowling. All music by Ryan Kahn. Logo by Michael Hardison. 
support us on patreon.com slash restricted section. For as little as a dollar a month, you can gain access to our Discord community server, which is a really happy place to be. And there are other rewards as well, such as bonus episodes and Zoom happy hour hangouts. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at RestrictedSectionPod, on Twitter at RestrictedPod, and on Facebook at RestrictedSectionPod. Also, feel free to shoot us an email at RestrictedSectionPod at gmail.com to share your thoughts, feelings, complaints, conspiracy theories, or even lavish praise. kind of wine is that this is not wine this is um honey habanero moonshine (laughs) with seltzer and a little bit of lemon syrup spicy jesus it's very delicious water so boring god you're so richmond i've got an apple flavored mountain dew (laughs) which is is good no (laughs) actually honestly it's not bad it is it is weirdly subtle for mountain dew I didn't know Mountain Dew could be subtle, so that I didn't either. That's impressive. I was expecting to be beat over the head with the apple flavor, <laughs> like electric apple. Yeah, mm. well, it's called thrashed apple. Wow, of course. <laughs> and it's got like it's got like little apple hulks on it. Oh, wow, yeah. that's very serious. Yeah. yeah, that's the apple a day that keeps the fucking doctor away. Okay, this apple does not like the doctor. <laughs> no. <laughs> That movie sucked. I kind of liked it. Movie Night Crew Network.